0: Today on the Entrepreneurship at DU
1: podcast. When I first started getting commissions, it was it was friends in college were like here. Like I was like, you give me X amount of money and I will produce a painting for you.
0: We're chatting with the up-and-coming artist Eli Buxbaum, an art major and entrepreneurship minor. Eli is turning his love of painting his professional career.
1: I want to find a way, and when I moved to LA, and this is the perfect place to do it, is finding a way to put art in front of people's faces constantly.
0: I'm Kevin Douglas, and this is the Entrepreneurship at DU podcast. Welcome to the Entrepreneurship at DU podcast. Today, we have Eli Bucksbaum who sells his art via Instagram, Original Pieces. Could you introduce yourself? How long you've been doing this for?
1: Sure. Um, well, first, I just wanna thank Entrepreneurship at DU for having me, and Kevin, thank you for having me. Um, my name is Eli Buxbaum. Um, I actually just just graduated uh, college, and uh, I've I have a major in studio art with a minor in entrepreneurship for the past uh, two two awesome years i've been um selling my artwork on primarily on instagram as a, a mode of advertising and marketing um through word of mouth and you know family and friends while i've been at du and yeah i've i've sold a good amount of work and i've uh been fortunate to have a couple of shows and yeah move into la and in i'm two two months and You know, life is about to really uh, start kicking, so. That's exciting, congrats on the upcoming move. Thank you.
0: I'd love to know how long you've been painting for and when you made the decision and maybe what catapulted that decision to start selling your work.
1: Yeah, so it's actually kind of a interesting story. I started school as a hospitality business major. I actually looked at colleges for hospitality business programs, um, because I thought that that's what I wanted to do. And then, kind of, I think it was, yeah, it was fall 2019, it was my sophomore year, and I was just unhappy with what I was learning, and, or not unhappy with what I was learning, I was just unhappy with what I felt like I was doing. And at that time, my best friend and I, uh, Jack Nathan, who's, um, he started a company called Happy Jack, and uh unfortunately he passed away in uh on july 24 or july 4th 2020 um but we started doing a lot of art together and he was thinking about switching to an art major and he was like eli you know we've been painting all this time we should we should become art majors and i was and he was already kind of further along on that journey and then i kind of just called my parents one day i was just like hey like i feel like i'm not Pursuing what I should be doing in college and you know, like my dad went to DU, and so I was like hey dad like I don't know do. like you know just any kind of guidance here any kind of Stuff and they both through my academic journey have always wanted me to just do what makes me happy I've had been fortunate to have uh, parents like that and um, So I became an art major and then About you know six months later, you know I'd been producing a lot of work and I just been painting in the basement of my house and been making work with with Jack and and just having fun and then, I think it was September 2020, yeah, I just moved into my new house, and my friend's brother was, you know, he just came in our house, I guess, and he was like, how much is that painting? Like, I really like that painting. And I had never even <laughs> considered the thought that anyone would even want to buy my art. I would just been doing art because, at that time, that is how I was overcoming the loss of my friend, how I was overcoming mental health, how I was overcoming this feeling of not really knowing where I was. And I go, uh, 85 bucks. And he was like, I'll do it. And I just, it was in that moment, I was just like, wow, like people actually want, like this, I could, I could sell my art. And then it was kind of after that, I, I started to post on Instagram a lot more and be like, hey, this is for sale. Um, And then before you know it, friends were like, hey, I want something for my house. And I was starting, I was lowballing everything a little bit. I mean, I didn't really know how to price my art. I didn't really know right. how to take account of my expenses, how to do real business skills. And yeah, from there, I kind of just started to take off a little bit. And I've sold, I think, 30, 35, 35 paintings in the past two years. Um, which I consider to be a pretty good... I mean, yeah, selling paintings is selling paintings, so I'm, I'm happy about it. You're getting paid to do what you love. Exactly, exactly. Th- that in and of itself is amazing. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, it's cool how, like, when I think about, you know, as I'm leaving DU, I, I'm starting to think about... I've been thinking about it, but about all the things that kind of led me to where I am right now. And in a lot of respects... Had I not, you know, not liked hospitality and you know, all these things wouldn't have happened. I would not be where I am. I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you about making art. Right. Um, so it's uh, yeah, it's 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 weird thinking about it all, and it's uh, can be quite tumultuous sometimes. But I'm I'm pretty thrilled to be you know here with you yeah. talking about all this. So it's it's pretty yeah. cool.
0: I'd love to hear a little bit about, um, and maybe. I guess I like to think of myself as an artist. The process can be kind of opaque or can differ from project to project, but I'd love to hear a little bit about if you could describe in your own words the art that you produce, like what it invokes or what artists inspire you or who whom you you emulate if there's someone that you have in mind, and like well, yeah, what the typical process looks like, how long a a piece takes you to make.
1: Yeah, so it's a good question. It's a question that I often times... It's an easy question to answer and it's a hard question to answer. Yeah. Um, because I'm influenced by a lot of artists. I mean, I in the past... I mean, my whole life I've been surrounded by art. My, my family is very involved in the arts. You know, my grandma's apartment is filled with some of the best art I've ever seen. My mom works in the film industry and so, she, you know, through her I was given access to all kinds of different media and different things. And it was kind of always there, like subconsciously. And then when I got to college and I started to shift a little bit and kind of find my way, all of this art kind of just started like coming to me. And so, yeah, I just started kind of deep diving on artists that I liked. I mean, I'm an abstract artist predominantly. And so a lot of the artists I love at the beginning, you know, I love Pollock, Jackson Pollock is, you know, I loved everyone that was in the Irascibles, which is like the, the the New York movement of painters, uh, post war painters, that, you know, Abstract and Mark Rothko, Motherwell, the list goes on. Um, yeah. And I just kind of became pretty enthralled with what they were doing and, you know, the form and the, you know, I, I can go into a museum now and I can just see a painting and I know what it is and I like going with my friends because I'm like, oh, now I understand how they did what they did, and you know what solvents they used or what materials they used to get there. And I'm sure like people, different artists in different respects, also have that moment where they get to a point of knowledge where they're like, "Oh, I know how they did that." And so that really started kind of my introduction to like learning about art and stuff. I Was like, "Wow, this is really cool!" Like, I'm now okay. I, I really like what I see. How can I emulate that? And then just over time of working, I I start doing it I'm like, holy crap this is how Rothko does it or this is how Clifford still does it like I I'm like oh man I'm doing it now just from doing the art yeah um but in terms of like process for paintings I mean it's different when I'm working with someone on a commission you know we have like an initial meeting where so I'm like hey Kevin like what first off what are you feeling right now in your life like what's going on it's kind of like a therapy session in a way where I yeah. want to know What it is is going on with you, because there's this book that I read, and I can't, I'm losing the titles, by this guy named John Armstrong, and they argue that art the taste that we have or that you have, that I have, that your mom has, is directly correlated to what is like missing from your life, or that is something that's outlying that you haven't grasped. And to a certain extent, I think that's true. And so when I meet with someone who wants a painting for me, I'm kind of trying to learn, like, what the hell is going on in their life. You know, it's hard for you to just give me all your yeah. trust, and then I just whip up something, and you're like, yeah, I love it. Like, here, I'll pay $500 for it. Like, that, it's a hard thing to accomplish. Right, so right. I really try and get as much as I can from someone just from, like, a short meeting. You know, as annoying as it is, sometimes I have to take into account their color preferences and, mm-hmm. and things like that. and. Sometimes I make the case, you know, I'm colorblind, so I'll be like, oh, I I didn't know I was using (laughs) yellow. (laughs) Um, And that can cause a a funny interaction. But uh, yeah, for the most part, when I'm working with people, there's like a little bit of a meeting before. um, And then I kind of just send them updates. Hey, what do you think of this? What do you think of this? Keep going until we find something that, that works. But now I'm kind of in a place where I'm trying to produce work, and I want people to just go on my page like, hey, I like this painting. Let's talk costs here, yeah. Um, just because the commissions can be consuming um, to a point where I'm not making the art for myself, I'm making the art for somebody else, and that process of discovering and and trying new things and and doing what comes from inside me gets lost a little bit in that, but at the same time, I have to make money somehow, so it is nice to have that income flow come in, it's just, it's a personal choice, I'd say.
0: I can imagine that... um it becomes a commodity when it's for someone else, you know? And it's them prompting it instead of it coming from you. I could see how that could be a, a dilemma that you face.
1: And at first, when I, when I first started getting commissions, it was, it was friends in college were like, here, like I was like, you give me X amount of money and I will produce a painting for you. And at the beginning it was great because literally whatever I did, people were like, this is rad, I love it. Like, thank you so much and then as it started to grow into bigger paintings it's hard for people just to be like blind trust because i'm not some big artist yet they don't know what i can do you know you get a commission from i don't know i'm trying to think of someone you get a commission from an emerging artist right now people just give them money and they make a painting because they trust them Um, and i'm just not at that level yet i hope to be someday yeah um but that comes with time and People seeing your work and it being in the world. And I've, I'm new, you know, I've, it's been two and a half years now, three years. Yeah. Um, so I'm not, it's not like it's not going to happen. I'm just, you know, it hasn't. And hopefully someday it will. Right. You're on the journey. I'm on the journey, yeah. I'd love to hear,
0: I mean, you mentioned, the, I mean, the fact that you're colorblind, it, that has, you know, been an obstacle at times with some people you've worked with, but I've talked to so many entrepreneurs and the common thread with everyone is you could call them failures, you can call them learning moments or teachable moments, but, you know, moments that you had to overcome to get where you are now. What do you think in your journey have been some of those struggles, some of those obstacles that have helped you reach and grow to the point where you are today?
1: Well, honestly, I think it starts way, way, way back when, when, you know, I was just in elementary school or when I was in middle school or high school when I was just struggling with school. I was never an academic person. I never really could grasp what was being kind of asked of me or what I needed to do to achieve success. And, you know, I'd always been in like, you know, learning resources or like getting, you know, help outside help. And that was great and all. And I had all this support, but it wasn't in this, this will all kind of tie in and make sense. Um, you might have to remind me of the question, but it was my was it my junior year, I was sitting in my 3D approaches class, and we were tasked with making, and this is like right at the beginning of me kind of getting into the art major. So I'm taking yeah. like the intro classes and yada, yada, yada. And um, I'm making a bag out of masking tape. So the assignment was to make something out of one roll of masking tape. And I'm sitting there thinking, what the hell am I doing? Like, <laughs> you know, like, well, this is crazy. I mean, yeah. it's, it's cool. I like the idea of it. And, you know, you're making a sculpture, I guess. Or at the time, I was like, yeah, I don't know really what this means to me or what I'm doing. And then, you know, after, you know, it's three-hour classes, I'm sitting there, like, rolling up tape and making it into this thing. I had this epiphany that, like, I was being asked to do it, but I, it, there was a moment where I wanted to do it. It was like, I want to make this into something really cool. And it was kind of in that moment that I realized that like, it's a lot more fun to do things because you want to do them, not because you're being asked yeah. or told to do them. And I, that's how my academic journey as a whole felt like I was being told to do something, and I kind of just had to hunker down and do it. And so in that moment, I, I mean, I called my dad afterwards. I was like, "Dad, like, I finally like feel." Like, I'm doing something worthwhile. Even though I'm making a bag out of masking tape, most people would be like, that is ridiculous. What does that mean that it kind of doesn't have any tactile use in the world? Right. Um, but for me, it was a moment of clarity and knowing that uh, uh, that I was doing something I wanted to do, and that's what's important. And then that kind of translated into – it was kind of in that moment that I realized and then – through the entrepreneurship program, through all the, the grinds or the sprints, as they call them now,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and like the classes that we take is that, yes, there is an assignment and they're telling you you have to come up with an idea of some sort and then pursue that idea. But something that really struck me and, and something I think about pretty daily is that you pursue the idea or the project that you want to pursue, that you would like to see come to fruition in some way. And for me it was never like in the actual class it was never art related stuff because you know it was either someone had an idea i'm like oh that sounds really cool i'll jump on that but yeah it was like yeah i think it it, it's just kind of that realization that like if you can find a way and this is like an entrepreneurship mentality is you know what they teach it in the school too is like if you want to see something done do it yourself and so i think my troubles and you know, my not knowing this all through college, all through me, all, all this stuff leading up to that point, kind of until I made this bag out of tape. Yeah. And I was, you know, 20 years later, it's just, it's profound. I don't know. It's, it's just really, it's really mind boggling to me to think that that moment kind of defined, honestly, the foreseeable future of my life. What else
0: about your time at DU has been impactful on your journey as an artist and art as a career and I'm especially interested how you got involved with the entrepreneurship minor
1: yeah so I kind of when I was deciding on art at my you know end of my sophomore year beginning of my junior year I was like you know what do I what do I minor in and I knew that I was interested in business of some sort. I just but nothing really it's just nothing really stuck out to me. And it was Stephen Hague's class, idea to first dollar, that just completely I mean you the idea is that you come up with an idea and then mm-hmm. you make a buck. And if you make a buck, you get an A. Yeah. Like basically that's that's it. Um, not to mention just Haig's just one of the he's just a great guy and I think anyone who's had him as a professor would would agree unfortunately i I never had him again after that but but really also part of that was my buddy jack who i mentioned earlier we were in the class together and that's Mm -hmm. kind of where his business idea that now is still uh happy jack is still in effect is still being run it's a clothing company and the idea was basically to take thrifted clothes and resell them but with more like our own designs on them or just resell them you know someone doesn't know it's a cool vintage Grateful Dead shirt, and then we sell it for more money. It's a very simple idea. And I could just, I kind of felt like you could do, like this makes sense for my art. Like I can now find ways to monetize myself and, you know, because unfortunately you tell people you study art and people oftentimes don't see that as a way to live or to make a living, you know, whether that be acting or writing or painting. People kind of just snub it off. I'm, I'm sure you've, yeah. you've felt that. And, I, and I studied theater and
0: creative writing, so I've yeah. heard that
1: many times. Yeah. And so I thought, I was like, you know what? It's probably in my best interest to get into entrepreneurship because they teach you exactly, you know, they teach you what they think you need to succeed kind of on your own. And I found that to be extremely valuable, you know, I think doing it, I could have done it maybe alone, just figuring it out on Instagram and whatnot, but I've gotten a lot of little nuggets of information from, and a lot of big nuggets of information from the entrepreneurship program that are just completely invaluable to me, Um, and professors that have taken an interest in my art who, you know, want art in the future, or I know will want art in the future, or something like that, and that experience happened, and I'm very fortunate and and happy about that.
0: How did you end up here at DU as opposed to any of the other schools here I mean I imagine maybe the hospitality program was a draw but um, did you think did you mention earlier are you local or were you a transplant?
1: I'm from Chicago originally so not local but my so like I said my dad did come here that wasn't ever like oh your dad went here like ooh you know it's this big thing it was more um, just in the back of my mind like oh my dad went Studied econ, he's successful. Sounds good. He told like, you he had a good time, yeah. He had a good yeah. time, and um, and to be honest, I didn't really have anything. I mean, I didn't, I, didn't, I went ed to a different school, I went ed to Boston University, and went you know, applied other, to other places. Sounds weird saying it now. I'm just like, whoa, yeah, I'm very glad I didn't go or get into any of those schools. Um, and I got in, I remember I got d- deferred from my ed school and accepted to du on the same day, so I remember the. Application Like, there was confetti, and I remember just sitting at it like, oh, damn. <laughs> uh, and, it honestly wasn't all that exciting for me. But then I guess I visited in the spring and had a great time and was like, I called my mom, and I was like, Mom, I'm coming here. And it was more just based on the people I'd met, and it wasn't really about the academics or the programming or anything like that. Um, but then when I, once I got here, I mean, I, I joined uh, the rugby team. Then that was honestly, if... if other than switching to an art major, joining rugby was the biggest impact on my life to date. You know now it's just, it's just been the most incredible experience for me. And, and honestly, I was going to drop out of school. I wanted to drop out of school when I was f- kind of freaking out and didn't know what I wanted to do. And the only thing that my sophomore year that was holding me to the floor on like the ground level here was, was rugby. And then I remember switching majors and still kind of like figuring it all out. And, and rugby was always that place for me to just. I mean, it's a it's an ugly sport sometimes to go out there and just know, fight it all out. So um, thank you to D U Rugby. Uh, I mean, they just they just it's really been. I just can't think of myself being any other place and not playing rugby. Um, yeah, but here. So um, I know I kind of took a, a little.
0: No, it's great. It's all about it. learning the people behind the behind the business. We don't get this just by looking at your Instagram page. Yeah, you know? no, it's, it's,
1: it's, it, is, it is kind of shocking to people. It's like, oh, so you're an artist and you play rugby and yeah. you do all this other stuff. I'm like, yeah, have you never heard of that before? You're <laughs> an entrepreneur
0: minor. <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah. like I get that reaction when I tell people I studied theater and creative writing, but then I got a master's in management. And then I work in marketing, but also in healthcare.
1: But that's That's like the beauty of... I don't know. Being an artist, being an entrepreneur is—you mm-hmm. can be, you can wear Whatever so many want. different yeah. hats and still be, you know, dedicated to your, yep. to your art and to your, you know, master your craft, which is, which is really cool. It's all part of the process too. Like there's sometimes I get off the pitch and I'm just feel horrible. My body hurts and I'm you know, bleeding or there's something going on and I'm like I have a idea for a painting. I have there's something here I need to like put down.
0: It ties together.
1: Yeah. yeah. So it all it all kind of works in one big machine together it's pretty cool
0: yeah and finally I want to hear a little bit about this move to LA congratulations what's uh, what made you choose LA I mean you know obviously it's a cultural hot spot but do you have yeah. big plans while you're there do you have any, any shows on the horizon or people there you're going to collaborate with Or
1: yeah so it's it's interesting because I, I I'm going to get this question a lot going going home you know with family with, with friends you know what's next what's next what's next um I was like, I don't want to move to New York. I'm from Chicago. I love Chicago. I just don't want to move there just yet. And yeah. I'm an artist, and people go to L.A. to be artists. People go there to pursue a dream. And, yes, I think there's some kind of social contagion to that maybe where it's, you know, anyone feels like they can go there. And, I, I mean, anyone can. It's whether or not they enjoy it or are successful. I guess that's up to them. Right. Um, but – Something that I hope to do is a, is a plan, um, and this stems from the entrepreneurship program. It's just being in classes. You know, the class could be about something completely different. I'm just starting to have you know ideas are just starting to flow up. But I hosted this film screening last Wednesday um, to show a documentary that was made by a friend of mine through the Jack Nathan Art Grant, which is a grant, new grant that his parents. Um, have started, it'll continue for the next five years, and kind of the surrounding message was to create, you know, the work has to do with mental health in some way, and so I was on the committee, and you know, my friend happened to receive it. Um, It was unbiased, Mm -hmm. Um, and I wanted to show his documentary because it was important to me, and it's art, and I love documentary, I'm creating a documentary right now actually about one of the professors here, and Roddy McInnis, and I understand how difficult it can be to create art and then not really have somewhere to put it or to show it in the way that you hope it could be. So like, you know, now we post everything on Instagram. Like if, if I had the choice, I wouldn't post anything on Instagram and people would all just see it on my website or I could have a show every week and and yeah. put my, you know, it's just looking at your phone is not a good way to view a film or to view a painting or really to view anything. But that's yeah. how people look at things now. That's just how we consume stuff. and so. I said like, hey, let's, I'll have you at the art studio and we'll invite a bunch of people and we'll just show your film. And I'll show a couple of mine, we'll show you know, a few of my friends and we'll just have a film screening. And it was kind of in that moment that, and this ties in with my ideas that I've had in the past, I'd say, six months to a year, is that I want to find a way, and when I moved to LA, and this is the perfect place to do it, is finding a way to put art in front of people's faces constantly, but in a way that is just, in a way that is that is right to the artist, because you know we don't always have access to a theater, we don't have access to big screens, um, we don't have access to a gallery, and so I want to create a space and environment where I can have artists come and show their work, you know, like a gallery but more of a community engagement type thing where we can work on projects together, we can create an- events together, nonprofit events, we can have all kinds of things mm-hmm. happen in this space. And we can do it in a way that is, however the person I'm working with desires, um, whether it be me that's doing it or you that's doing it. And I just really found that I want to show art, put art on for people in a meaningful way. Um, and kind of however that pans out, I'm looking forward to it. But I just think LA right now seems like the, the best place to do it. And I think that, I just feel like there's, there's so much we can do with that idea and there's so many artists and actors and performers there that I think are all looking for a place to put their art, and I feel like I'm pretty good at at showing art and, and presenting art in a way that feels important and meaningful um, because I want my art to be shown in that way. So if I can do it for myself, I'd like to do it for others as well.
0: That's fantastic.
1: I'll be back. I'll be back in Denver. I've, I've still got things happening here. I make The documentary that I'm making is... About a professor here. It's about yeah, a professor so, here, so... Yeah. Watch out for that in the next few years. Maybe
0: Um, we'll have you back when that's when you're promoting it after it's finished. That would
1: be that would be fantastic. Um,
0: Very cool. And then we have uh, rapid fire questions. So you know, max five to ten word responses. Okay. Uh, Just just a couple a couple easy questions. First one is uh, favorite movie. (sighs) it's not an easy question. Forrest (laughs) Gump. Okay, there you go. Uh, Favorite artist or musical artist or band
1: that is tough well my favorite my favorite um music pioneer is rick rubin but not his music per se but rick i mean yeah rick rubin Uh let's say rick rubin cool and then
0: favorite place in colorado to visit or hike or camp if you're into that kind of thing
1: uh the never summers range where's that um it's. I went to camp in Estes Park, Colorado, and I, okay. I, I climbed there, and it's just the most beautiful place ever. So
0: near Estes Park, probably. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Eli, thank you so much for, for coming on the podcast. And uh, just remind us where we can find you, what your Instagram handle
1: is. Yeah, you can um, find my work on Instagram at Eli Abstracts, um, and there will be a website coming soon. And you can also find my video work on YouTube just under Eli Boxbomb, hopefully.
0: Great. Thanks for coming on the show, and uh, we wish you the best of luck on your your move to L.A. and, and all the projects you have in the future.
1: Thank you so much.
0: The Entrepreneurship at DU podcast was recorded in Marjorie Reed Hall on the University of Denver campus. You can find us on Instagram at DU Entrepreneur, on Twitter at DU underscore entrepreneur, and on Facebook at Entrepreneurship at DU. Entrepreneurship at DU is part of the Daniels College of Business, which has its own podcast, by the way. Check out Voices of Experience, available wherever you get your podcasts.